This is July 20th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Maradoff. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, just having a good time. Just having a good old summer time. Uh, anyways, this episode had a lot in it. Uh, Connor Ryan and I got into a lot over the Taylor Hall negotiations, what we're hearing, what's being said, uh, what's being reported, what we think they should do. Uh, then we get into Ryan Suter. Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting that the Bruins and, and Suter are heavily linked by a lot of uh, different people. And, you know, last week on Poke the Bear, we both said that we wanted that to happen. And now it seems like it's actually coming to fruition. So we get into why that's a good thing um, and what that holds for the Bruins, what Suter could get, what the market will be like for Suter. Um, and then we get into the draft, the Kraken draft, which I think has the potential to be very interesting, given the amount of players, uh, amount of good players who are available. I think with the Bruins, it's pretty obvious who the Kraken will pick or, you know, there's two players. I think that it's pretty much a given that they're going to take. Um, but around the league, it's very interesting. Carrie Price, Mark Giordano, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. So we get into that, uh, sort of what direction the Kraken take. You know, do they go for young guys with potential? Do they go for win now and get the best possible player from each, uh, each team, re- regardless of contract? So we get into that, previewing that, kind of getting set for that, which again, should be very, very interesting on, on, on how that all plays out. So before we get into the episode, Bet online is still the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. All the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, whether it be the MLB, you want to do some NBA stuff, NHL futures, uh, you want to get into UFC, they got it all. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. It's free. Before the next pitch, the next tip-off, Whatever sport you're watching, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50%, 50%, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well. You're in Washington right now, right? We're on other sides of the country at the moment. Yes, the, the magic of Zoom. Yes, I've, I've been acquired by the Seattle Kraken. How's the trip been? It's been fantastic. It's been, uh, yeah, it's, we went. We stopped over in Las Vegas for a few days on the way over, and that was a balmy 110 degrees. So coming up to Washington, where right now it is uh, 70 degrees, and it's not raining. I hear that it's raining quite a bit over in the commonwealth of massachusetts so we've lucked out quite a bit you've missed nothing weather-wise it is the same old crap weather that uh, you left uh and you're hitting all the expansion places you're hitting the, the golden knights and now you're with the kraken so you're just uh, you're, you you're hitting them all you're hitting them all but anyways there's a lot to discuss uh in the land of the bruins this week which is fun not often during the off season uh that you get so much in a week uh we'll start here because obviously tonight is the expansion draft 
the Kraken will will uh, ruin some uh, some teams per se, uh, build their own. Uh, the Bruins will not be one of those teams that are going to be ruined from the pick uh, that they will take. Most likely, Connor Clifton. It feels like, um, and we can get to that later. I want to discuss maybe some other people. You know, should they take Carey Price? What the deal is with that? Uh, but we'll start here uh, now that. Uh, the Bruins have their uh, protection list in zero surprise on what they did. I think we both kind of mm-hmm. guessed that list. It wasn't hard to guess that list. Um, Taylor Hall, a lot of stuff has been circulating about uh, the negotiations between them and the Bruins, whether other teams get in on them, uh, how close the Bruins and uh, the and Taylor Hall are to a deal. Now, obviously, we did not think that a deal was going to be reached before the draft. That would be dumb. They need to protect Taylor Hall. Um, but Andy Strickland reported four days ago hearing Taylor Hall return to the Bruins is moving in that direction. Um, there's been some other rumors that they agree on price, which seems to be around 5.5 million annually, mm-hmm. uh, but that the holdup is term. I think Hall wants somewhere like six years. The Bruins maybe aren't so gung ho to do that, even though they just gave Carlo a six year deal. Um, what do you think? I mean, do you think that with, for a guy like Hall at 5.5 per, which is not a ton for a guy like Hall, mm-hmm. do you think six years is the move? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously risk for any player, especially one that kind of relies on, you know, speed and, and kind of his hallmarks of his game to hand a six-year deal. But I think you have to be pragmatic of how you look at it in terms of what the Bruins are targeting both this offseason and the window they're in that – you know, if the term is, a, if the, the contract rather is only five and a half million per year, it's a pretty good deal. Like I went into this offseason expecting him to take a discount and I thought that discount was going to be six, six and a half. So if you get a guy like him locked up for five and a half, and I think one thing people have to pay attention to, and that's not just only with Hall, but also Carlos contract is that sooner or later the, the cap is going to rise again, right? I mean, you've got a new team in Seattle coming in and boosting up the the market. You've got, the new uh, deal with both ESPN and Turner, which is going to you know, add more revenue to this league. So as tough as it is right now in the immediate aftermath of the pandemic, you know, the cap's not going to stay at 81 and a half million for, for years and years going forward. So if you get a guy like Hall, who's signed at five and a half for six years, and maybe by year three or four, you know, his game has slipped or the Bruins aren't in contention anymore. Well, one thing, the contract isn't as, as, you know, arduous as it would be, uh, when the cap is stuck at 81 and a half, if by the time he's, you know, 33, 34 and it's five and a half million and the cap is 95, a hundred, then all of a sudden doesn't really look like that bad of a contract, right? That's not one that sticks out like a sore thumb. So that could be some of the rationale in terms of, you know, eating some of that, you know, term and accepting a deal like that just to get him on board. Because as we've said before, the Bruins are in this kind of one to two year window. So if you get Taylor Hall, the, the Hall that you saw, you know, at the end of the regular season last year for the next one, two years, and he still becomes at the very least uh, a solid middle six winger for the other, you know, four-ish years of his contract, I think it's worth the price, right? And worth the the risk, if you even want to call that. I wouldn't even call it a risk. It's not like it's a, a Tarasenko contract where it's seven and a half million, a big payout right now, and also you don't know what you're going to get. Odds are, you know, he's probably going to be a very, very good asset for this team. You know, if you put him with, let's say, even if it's just Krejci and Smith again, none of the wrong possibility he's a 30-goal scorer next year, right? So I think I'm sure the Bruins would rather have it be four or five years, but if that's what it takes to get him on board, and this is a place that he's already mentioned that he wants to be uh, going forward in his career, I think he kind of bite the bullet and take that turn. 
Exactly. It's also about maximizing the window. Again, as you said, like, you know, this is, first of all, it's a tradable contract, but also you don't have a ton of young talent that you're going to have to pay out the ass for in the upcoming years. You're not like the Rangers who, for some reason right now, are going to give Barclay Goodrow a six-year, $3.5 million annual average annual value contract when you have potentially Lafreniere, Kako, Fox, Lindgren, all these guys to pay down the line, and you're going to allocate the money to Goudreau for six years. That's a cra- that's an insane deal. Um, yeah, six stupid. years is nuts for, for a bottom six forward. Yes, that is as bad a contract as I think I've seen in a long time. Good, for, by the way, good for Goudreau. This ain't Goudreau's fault. Yes, like good for him for securing the bag. Um, but wait damn. till we see what wait till we see what Coleman gets. That's the other thing. That's that I, that that sets the market. And speaking yeah. of setting the market. Miro Heiskanen gets uh, eight years, eight point four five million per, I believe. Yes, uh, I would like to say this: Charlie McAvoy is up next off season. I would project he's probably going to at least ask for more than that. I think that's probably what's going to yeah. set the market for McAvoy. So that's why I think five point five million for Hall is not insane because the cap's going to go up, mm-hmm. and you have other guys to pay. So 5.5 is not bad. That's why I think you do want to get this locked down as soon as you possibly can. So Toronto doesn't come in and say, we'll offer you six and a half, seven to come to your hometown. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the Heiskanen deal, talk about setting the market for McAvoy. I mean, we knew McAvoy was going to get paid, but to tangibly see the number that it's probably going to be around. I mean, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised to see him become the new Bergeron where it's like, hey, no one makes more than, well, Krejci did, but um, mm-hmm. after the Krejci contract, you know, no one makes more than a guy like Bergeron. Wouldn't be surprised to see McAvoy be like the standard that they set. Um, for how much they pay. Also got to figure in Pasternak down the line there as well. Yeah, another year right after that, which again, if you're, if you get Magavoy locked up, let's say it's eight years and eight and a half million, nine, I think you do backflips there too, because I think you, you, as long as you get him under term for that contract, again, not only do you factor in the, the fact that the cap's going to be rising that in, you know, three, four years, eight and a half million is probably going to look like a, a great deal. Uh, McAvoy, if he hit the open market, would probably make, 10, 11, he's worth it. I mean, he, he's that good. So if you get him for that price, as much as maybe it will take people aback because they've been so used to having Krejci be that kind of ceiling limit, that's not bad for a guy who's, I don't think it's out of their own possibility he's going to be a Norris finalist for the foreseeable future year after year. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they end up taking. It's funny. Another thing that I, that's come from this the Kraken stuff is the Bruins don't have a lot of terrible, horrible, no good, very bad contracts. Obviously, we look at the John Moore signing and we go, why? And you you had Bacchus and Bolesky in the past. But at the current moment, there's none to me that stand out as horrendous, enough that you would leave them unprotected. I know some people say coil, but again, like in a normal season, you know, maybe with some more steady line mates, there's something there. He's not a complete net negative. He's he's fine. You're just hoping he produced a little bit more. Um, but you see some of these other contracts around the league that people are just leaving exposed because they know they I mean, look at the Predators with Duchesne and Johansson and look yeah. at the Sabres with Skinner and, and Price even. I mean, you just look around the league and the amount of Adam terrible Henry. contracts. Henrique yeah. is another. Like, there's so many. And I think Bruins fans should be kind of, you know, you can get on Sweeney for drafting. I've done enough of that uh, for sure. We have certainly kind of beat the horse on that. But the one thing that's one of the things Sweeney's been incredibly good at is signing his own guys, you know, and signing guys that are currently on the roster. So that's why it was a pretty standard list of people that you protected and you're not going to lose anything crazy uh, in the in the draft. So I think, again, that's a good thing. That's one thing Sweeney's done pretty damn well. 
is that he's not one of these teams who has to expose a bad contract um, or try to do anything. Like, I mean, look at the uh, the Andrew Ladd trade. Uh, <laughs> a Ladd what was it two seconds in and a third for nothing. Nothing. Um, just nothing. That's I think that trade. Someone tweeted today actually, or Monday, they tweeted that you know this trade needs more hype. Like this is hilarious, and it's true. Like that that's something that like hockey Twitter needs to really just come with all the jokes for sink its teeth completely into. Um, Another interesting tidbit out there right now. Uh, Elliot Friedman reported lots of expectation Boston going hard for Ryan Suter. One source called him the Corey Perry of 2021-22. I would expect actually more from Suter than I would of Perry um, in the sense that I would expect Suter to be a top four defense and I would not expect Perry to be a top six forward. Um, I, we both are in agreement that they should go for Suter. It feels like this is maybe going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it it makes plenty of sense for the Bruins, and I, I think they're going to be right in the mix of it. You have to factor other guys like um, – or other teams, rather. You know, uh, Colorado, I've heard, um, which, I mean, they're, they've got their own kind of issues right now with, with Landeskog. But uh, I heard, like, the Blues were a team in the mix there. But you map out the Bruins' needs and w- what they could use on that defense and – how Suter fits kind of their window, especially, you know, it's not like he's uh, a guy you have to pay a premium for. I mean, he's kind of near the, the end of his, his career, but he's still a player that you look at what the Bruins need a minutes eating veteran guy, um, you know, has some offensive acumen, which they need, especially at even strength, you know, at the very least, you know, it's, we've talked about it before and it's kind of simplifying it, but they seen a guy that gets point shots through. Like they, they don't really have that on their on their team as much as you've got talented playmakers like a Grizzly and a Macaboy. You just need a guy who can fire and slap shots. That like you know you don't have that in your repertoire. So, um, yeah, if you're the Bruins, it makes plenty of sense. You don't imagine it's going to break the bank. Like if they sign, if the Bruins happen to sign him, you know maybe it's a three year deal. Um, and you know if it's like ends up being like five five and a half, then you're like. Ooh. You know, we'll see. But if it's like three and a half, four for a guy like him, who I know people have tossed him out as like a third pairing guy, but I think there's a lot of appeal. If you put him with with McAvoy, I think you've got a pretty good top pairing. And I think you put most guys with McAvoy, you look pretty good. But you can see the appeal there, and then you kind of have the domino effect going down further. Of you know, Kahlo and Grizzlick is a good grouping, and if you sign a Alexiak and a Hockenpah or a McCabe or someone like that. You're suddenly in business. You got a, a considerably larger, you know, veteran group back there that is going to make things difficult for forwards, especially once you get to the playoffs. And again, in offensive situations, when you're down a goal, you can move Grizzly up to play with McAvoy to kind of go all offense. You, yes. you can do that. Like that's not that's not prohibited. Um, the other thing is, I think uh, you know, obviously, uh, the Bruins do have um, Mike Riley to potentially resign. If you had to pick between pick uh, resigning Riley or signing um, Suter, who are you going with? I would probably go Suter, and that's not, I think, like an indictment on, on Riley because I think he's a very good player and he deserves to get a nice contract after kind of the the unheralded production that he's put together both in Ottawa and in here. I just look at the way the Bruins want to craft their, their defense, especially how last year ended. I, I think, you know, as much as people think you have to beef up the entire blue line, you can still have a, a talented playmaker kind of leading the charge, right? You can have like a Sergeyev, who granted is a bigger guy, but you can have like a, a Grizzly or someone in there. But if you add multiple players like that to the decor, then it starts getting a little bit dicey, right? So I think if you keep Grizzly as that playmaking guy, you've obviously got a guy like McAvoy who's an even strength uh, monster in terms of his production. You've got enough playmaking back there that 
if you, you know, add a guy like Hakampa who's a bit limited, a guy like McCabe who may not be a, a, a 20 point guy as a defenseman, but he's, you know, plays tough, uh, you know, can drop skaters, you know, if he's healthy, he's a very good defensive player. Add those guys as a way to give that decor a bit of a different look. All of a sudden you're in business, right? So it'd be tough if, uh, you know, if, if you let Riley walk and you don't really add anything to replace him, if you go with another lows on or, or what have you, then it gets a little bit dicey. But if you replace him with a guy like Suter, who's drastically different, but fits a need that this team needs, then I think I'm there for it. Cause I think also Riley should get probably around the same thing, right? Three and a half, four million. And again, he deserves that. I just don't know if Boston, if they're really augmenting their decor, wants to be a team that does that. Exactly. I'm with Suter. And it's not, again, nothing against Riley deserves the money, but you have a smaller left shot puck moving defenseman. You don't need another, <laughs> like you're, you're fine yes. with one. Um, and I know some people want more offense out of um, the D, but again, Suter can help with that. And McAvoy's going to be older. Grizzlick's going to be older. Like you'll, you will get some, um, obviously it's hard to replace Tory Krug. They really technically never did. Um, but I don't know if having, I think you need a bigger guy rather than, Mike Riley, who again is fine. That's fine. But you know, do you really want to give three and a half, four million to Riley? Um, right. When you could give it to Suter who fits your needs a little bit more. Um, okay. Let's talk the expansion draft. Obviously it's tonight, Tuesday for those listening after Tuesday, we apologize, but you'll still get some stuff that's relevant. Cause we'll, it's, it's, is it Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? I think it's a Wednesday. I swore it was Tuesday. Unbelievable. Okay. The people Pacific time. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All Spoke, over the place. Spoke, Spoke Z is just punching the radio right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I said it earlier. I said slamming it, the phone. I said it, it's today, meaning it was Tuesday. Cause it is Monday. I don't know what day it is anymore. It doesn't matter. It's raining too much. Time, time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. It's man-made. Who knows? Um, okay. So it's Wednesday night. Ridiculous. It's Wednesday night. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious. I said earlier that Kraken will probably take Clifton. If they don't, they'll take Lowe's on. I don't see a situation where they take anybody else, but who knows? Who knows? No insight there. Who knows? Um, but I think a lot of the decisions they can make are going to be very interesting over the next, or, or they've already potentially made them, um, and they will up to Wednesday morning. Because guys like Vladimir Tarasenko are available. Mark Giordano, Carey Price, which has been the big one. Um, so I, I will start with Price. Because Price is an interesting one. Because again, the story's nice. His wife is from there. I think he played juniors there. Um, Tri City. Yeah, Tri City. Um, obviously getting a, a guy like Carey Price, it's a big name. That's a headliner. It's a, you know, a kind of a star, but he costs you 10.5 million against the cap. How many years left is that deal? Four? Three or three or four? Uh, yeah, three or four. Three or four years left. Uh, he could potentially miss all of next season with an injury. Is it worth taking? It's it's five years, by the way. It's a five, five years. years. Okay, so it's five years, and this is and this is why I know I asked you: Is it worth taking? I don't think it's worth taking. I don't. I just no. don't see it. No, and I think especially maybe if the injury wasn't factoring into it, then I'd be tempted because again, he's a legitimate star, and you want to excite the market. You've got a top five, top three goalie added to the mix. All of a sudden, you're in contention. So. It's it's fascinating to see what the Kraken do because they can go in a whole bunch of different directions. If they want to like load up and take on a bunch of contracts and compete right away, probably can. I think I think Dom Lucision at the Athletic ran like the team with like the best possible players through his 
his uh you know simulation he does every year and i think he had them finishing second in the west with like 105 points so like, they can compete right away um but there's also people who make the argument like why not you know get tradable assets get you know build for the future because if they start off kind of rough like we expect most expansion teams to do uh 2022 2023 have some loaded um have some loaded draft classes. Like if they, if they stink the first few years and they get a guy like Connor Badad in 2023 or Shane Wright in 2022, you've got a franchise guy um, that you can build, you know, for the future. So again, it's kind of tougher to pitch though. When you look at how good Vegas was to pitch, like what, give us a year or two of, of being, of sucking and we'll, we'll go from there. But, um, but yeah, I imagine they're going to find kind of toe that line. Like if a guy like Tarasenko or Eberle or, uh, Josh Bailey's around. I don't say you can't take them, but you also can mix it in with instead of maybe getting a guy like Nino Niederreiter, you get a guy like Jake Bean, like a younger guy that you hope kind of becomes kind of what Theodore became for Vegas, right? Like a young defenseman who seems like he's got, a, you know, on the upswing, just didn't get a chance. And all of a sudden Theodore's a legit top pairing guy for Vegas now. So I wouldn't, I don't think they're going to take price, especially I think that injury is what changes most of it, but they're still going to feel a competitive team. I think, I think, it's so tough to pitch building when you've had all this hype, you've got all these players available to take and you've got the cap space to take it. And again, as much as people say, you know, they shouldn't load up to the top of the cap. Cap's not going to be 81 and a half million, you know, for five years down the road. So they got to make some moves. Yeah. Also the other goalies that are available, you know, you have, uh, you have Capo Kakinen, you have, um, you, you know, you have um, uh, Drieger in Florida. Yeah. Like you have better, cheaper, you know, younger options that you could go with. Vitek Vanacek, if you want to do that from, from Washington. Um, you know, I know Ben Bishop's had some injury history, but he's solid enough in that. I'm blanking on the amount of money he makes currently at the moment, but there's other options. There's other options. It's not like there's nothing. So why spend the money in net when you have, you know, you could, you could, cause you have to think in, in, to be realistic, the guys they select here are not going to be, you know, here forever or in Seattle forever, technically here for you because you're currently there. Um, but you have to think they, they can only get a few co- big contracts, right? So you have to figure one of them is going to be Giordano from Calgary. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Maybe Tarasenko, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's someone maybe. you might want to take a chance on if you're Seattle. I mean, it's a name. He's a cup yep. winner. Maybe that's the guy. Um, you know, you have guys Eberle, like Eberle. Bailey, Domi. Bailey, Domi. See, I think Domi is going to be interesting because I think that could work. Uh, yeah. That was a guy who, with Tortorella, didn't really mesh perfectly. I think in a place like Seattle, I could see him doing real well. Um, I think from Tampa, the pick is obvious. Can be Yanni Gord, as it should, should be. Should, yeah. I mean, should be. Um, so there's, there's, it's good. They they're going to be good. Like, yeah. I, I and I don't expect that. I think a lot of people are going to go over the top. They're, oh, they're going to the cup. Like this is going to be like Vegas, and it's like no, that was kind of a little bit of a perfect storm. But I do yeah. think they're going to be good. Um, and as you said, they have the option to win now, which I don't think is the best move. I don't think you should just go completely all in. I think you should try mm-hmm. to get some guys who can grow and and be futures for you. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be fascinating what they end up doing. Yes. Um, another guy, Dylan Demello on on uh, D. Yeah. That's an interesting good, one. That good should, player. That should be a good one. That should be a good one. So, um, anyway, it should be interesting what happens with the Kraken draft. Um, you know, I think there are some really cool guys that they could pick. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any surprises on the Bruins end of things. Um, but there will be, uh, I'm, inter- I'm, I'm very interested to see how this goes. And uh, you know what? If you never told me 
that it was Wednesday, I'd be sitting at home on Tuesday night being like, <laughs> why doesn't ESPN have this on today? Um, but anyways, uh, Connor, before you go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, we're going to have all the up-to-date news regarding who the Kraken take from the Bruins and the follow-up from that. Again, I don't think there's going to be many surprises, but we'll see. I'll have to have the the Curtis Lazar draft story ready to go if something goes haywire. But we'll have all the coverage from that. And people kind of forget the few days after that, you got the actual NHL entry draft. So Bruins have a first-round pick for the first time in a long time. So we'll be looking through potential prospects there. So we'll we'll take a, a, a deeper dive at that. So all that will be over at bostonsportschannel.com. So subscribe over at BSJ. If you want to follow me on Twitter, do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Do all that. And on that flight home of yours from Washington, you know, the Bruins are going to sign Suter. They're going to lose Hall to the Maple Leafs. It's going to be all crazy stuff. All crazy stuff's happening for that flight home. But anyways, Connor, thank you for joining for Sealing This Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins be listeners. Have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 